You are Locked On Ravens, your daily Baltimore Ravens podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And we return here with another episode of Locked On Ravens. I am your host, Kevin Ostreicher of Ravens Wire. And just wow, what an amazing episode we have today. This team, this Ravens team is so resilient. Coming out on top with a 36-35 to victory over the Kansas City Chiefs in Week 2. I mean, you can hear it in my voice. It's pure excitement, you know, the reaction after the game of just how impressive, how unprecedented this win was. It was a game that the Ravens were counted out of by many people. I also predicted them to lose, but I had said throughout the week, I said, look, the injuries are no joke. This team is working through some stuff, but there's a way the Ravens win this game. You know, if they come in there and they believe in themselves like they always do, anything is possible. And I'm so glad that they proved me wrong. I predicted it would be a Ravens loss. I predicted 33-27. The Ravens win 36-35. So I was kind of in the ballpark, but regardless, the Ravens moved to one and one. It was, I just keep coming back to impressive. It was such an impressive win for this Ravens team. And I mean, overall, I, I I really can't put into words what the night was for the Ravens. And we'll be talking about it all here today. It's, it's a jam-packed episode. In the first segment, I want to talk about the offense for the Ravens. And the second segment is going to be defense. And then in the final segment, it's just kind of recapping stuff, going through what happened last night and just thinking about what's next for this Ravens team and what this win means. And I can talk about it a bit here just before we jump in. This this win means so much to the Ravens. And, and you can tell the way the sideline was celebrating, the way the passion that these guys had on the field during the game, during the, the celebration, right, during the highs, during the lows of this game. I mean, it was just, it was unbelievable. It was so fun to watch the Ravens players just jump up all around. John Harbaugh jumping up around the field, like, those moments, you know, the resiliency this team shows week in and week out, whether it does result in a win or does result in a loss, the one thing you can't question about the Ravens is their heart and just how they put so much into themselves. They put so much stock into themselves. Why? Because they believe. And it's nights like last night is exactly the reason why they do that. So we are going to dive into everything here. Before we do that, though, if you are following along, with us on YouTube, where you can see my face and in my setup. Be sure to subscribe, like the video. It helps out the YouTube algorithm. And when we do hit 1,000 subscribers on YouTube, I plan on doing something. I don't know what it is yet, but I am taking suggestions. So if you have any suggestions for me about what I should do when this YouTube channel hits 1,000 subscribers, please let me know. And also, if you're following along with us in audio, whether that's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, be sure to follow the show so you know when our updates come out, our shows come out Monday through Friday at 6 a.m. Eastern time is when. And also, you can follow me on Twitter at ChaosRecord34 and the Locked on Ravens Twitter account at Locked on Ravens. So enough about that. Let's get into this game. Let's get into this amazing, miraculous, incredible, wild, crazy, whatever you want to call it game that the Baltimore Ravens played against the Kansas City Chiefs. And look, much like the Raiders in week one, that Raiders game, the mood of the show could have been entirely different had it not been for a couple of players. You know, game balls for me, Lamar Jackson for me. We'll talk about the defense in the second segment in those game balls. But for the offensive game balls, I have to give it to Lamar Jackson. 
Jackson came out and just performed admirably, pulling up his actual stat line, finished 18 of 26 for 239 yards, had one touchdown passing, two interceptions also, which I'll talk about in a second. Also on the ground, led this team with 16 carries for 107 yards and two scores. He was a dual threat player once again. The two interceptions, one of them I will blame on him. The other one I won't. The first one on that first possession, the pick six, Sammy Watkins slipped. I'm not putting that on Lamar Jackson. He already had made up his mind. He was going through the motion. Watkins slips. He puts it in a place where Watkins can get it. But Watkins trips. He slips. So there's no way for him to get the football. Matthew was right there for the interception. Look, it happens. It's unfortunate, but it happens. The second one was not an ideal throw. The Ravens call a passing play. Lamar Jackson airs it out deep into triple coverage. That results in Tyron Matthews' second interception of the game. That's a throw I would rather not see Lamar Jackson make again. Lamar Jackson played incredibly in this game, but he is not excused from all criticism. So the one interception that he threw, he also had a couple of bad throws on the opening possession. He had one to Marquise Brown where it was a clear touchdown, but it was an overthrow. But he came back from that, and there, there have been all the narratives of, you know, Lamar Jackson can't play from behind. And, and Lamar Jackson, whenever he gets down, he has to throw the ball. You can stop him easily. Can't throw to the sideline. Da-da-da. Well, Lamar Jackson proved once again a couple of those wrong on Sunday night. And he did it in really amazing fashion. Because, again, it wasn't just the Ravens trying to throw the ball, throw the ball, throw the ball. They got back to what they know that they can do well. That's running the football. Baltimore only threw the ball 26 times in this one. But also, the big thing for me pulling it up 41 rushing attempts for this team. That is what the splits, I think, should be. Maybe you could throw it a couple more times. Like, I understand that because the Ravens, they don't throw the football badly, right? It's not like they go out there and and whenever they throw the ball, it's, a, it's an incompletion or it's a turnover, an interception. No, the Ravens throw the ball effectively, but the run game is what I think makes that pass game so effective because the Ravens were gashing the Chiefs on the ground to the tune of 6.1 yards per carry. Jackson himself pulling it up, averaged 6.7 yards per carry. Tyson Williams, 5.9. And then Latavius Murray, 4. And also Devonta Freeman, 14.5 for the new call-up for the Raven, 2 for 29 for Devonta Freeman. So this team, I mean, it, it's incredible. And I we, we have to talk about the fourth and one where I was telling, you know, I was saying the Ravens should go for it on fourth down. I was telling everybody I was watching the game with, I was saying the Ravens need to go for it here. They need to go for it here now. Why do they need to go for it? Because one, the Ravens, I, you know, the first down play, the second down play, it was, eh, you got into a third and eight, third and seven off of those. You pick up chunk yards on the third down play. The fourth down play, if you point that football back to Patrick Mahomes, the way that he was moving the football the Ravens defense came up with a very big stop, which we'll talk about in the final segment. But just the way that Mahomes and that offense can be, how deadly we have seen them, not only against the Ravens, but against other teams, that's a, that's not something I wanted to play around with. So you saw John Harbaugh, much like the, the hell yeah, coach, let's go for it in Seattle a couple of years ago. You saw Harbaugh motion to Lamar Jackson and say, Lamar, you want to go for this? Do you want to go for this? And there was no doubt in anybody's mind when he asked that, the answer that Lamar Jackson was going to say was yes. So that was the key play. Now, the formation the Ravens ran, there was no running back on the field. It was Jackson and Ricard, and they had a wall of blockers. I, I was a little nervous about that play call, but Lamar Jackson gets the job done. Kevin Zeitler made a really nice block on a pole. I mean, it was executed to perfection. The Ravens get their first win against the Kansas City Chiefs in four years. They're at hands, Patrick Mahomes, his first loss in September in his entire NFL career. So a bunch of milestones hit for this team. I mean, 
Lamar Jackson, after the game, said, you know, it's time to move on to Detroit. And, yes, it's 1-0 every week. This, this is a game that the Ravens won. It's exciting, and it's, it's incredible. But their next game is in Detroit, and they have to figure out how they can beat that Lions team. But for now, we're going to enjoy this one, right? We're going to continue talking about it here on Locked On Ravens. I mean, I also need to give a game ball to the offensive line because it was not a perfect showing. There were a couple penalties. The, the Kevin Zeitlin one, by the way, not in my book, but regardless, the Ravens offensive line compared to what they were in week one against the Raiders, honestly, night and day. Again, it wasn't perfect, but this team, the offensive line, you saw Alejandro Villanueva put together a much better performance. Patrick McCarry played some beautiful football filling in for, I guess, Villanueva on the right side. He played some great football. Bradley Bozeman had a little errant snap, but it didn't cost the Ravens anything. I thought he played well. Kevin Zeitler, more up and down, but I'd say more up than down for him. And then Ben Powers, Ben Cleveland kind of doing a tandem there. The Ravens went with that committee type play. And I thought both did well. Powers had a couple mistakes. You know, Cleveland was kind of working through some stuff, but I thought both played well. So that's the type of offensive line play the Ravens need. And I think this gives them confidence to say, look, if Ronnie Stanley actually is out or he needs time to rest and get healthy, you know, they can do that and they can maybe put out an offensive line now that they feel a bit more comfortable with as Stanley recovers. Now, obviously, an 100% healthy Stanley makes the Ravens offensive line better. It's not like, oh, Ronnie Stanley should get traded, should get benched. No, that's not what I'm saying. But I give a lot of credit to the way this offensive line performed, especially because they they faced a lot of heat and rightfully so for their performance against the Raiders. It was not good. They were one of the reasons the Ravens lost the game. But that is the play. And I talked about it that, you know, the line is going to continue to work, to continue to get better. It's much like the new faces. One week is not the end of the season. One performance is not indicative of what the year could be for a certain player, certain unit, certain positional group. And I think we saw that with the offensive line. I thought Marquise Brown played really good football. He was open a lot, made some really nice catches. Sammy Watkins also played well, had a drop. That was not great. Mark Andrews came up in some big situations. I thought Latavius Murray played well. Tyson Williams, a lot better for Tyson Williams in pass protection last night, I noticed, which is a big step up for him after having a couple of rough plays there earlier in that week one game and also late in that game against Las Vegas. It was an overall much better performance. And I know after that Vegas game, a lot of people were talking about how the Ravens offense was never going to get up to that level this season because of the injuries, you know, to JK Dobbins and, and to Gus Edwards, to Tyree Phillips, who's currently on IR to Rashad Bateman, who's supposed to come back hopefully in a couple weeks. And that's just the thing, right? This team had 15 players on injured reserve coming into this game. They had three key contributors out with injury. They had two more leave the game with injury. This team is resilient. This this team fights through anything. And, and it's an honor to be able to cover them because whenever somebody thinks they're down and out, they never think that. They always believe in themselves. And that's what makes this Ravens team so special. That's what makes this Chiefs win. The Ravens winning against the Chiefs, so magical for them. That's why you saw the jubilation and, and the excitement, both not just with the team, but with the fans in the stadium. How much of a difference did those fans make in the stadium last night? If you were there, the atmosphere was electric. It was absolutely electric. And I know that John Harbaugh, the Ravens players have talked about how important having fans in the stadium is. And we saw that at MT bank stadium on Sunday night. So it was a very exciting performance for this offense, but we're not done there. We're going to be talking about the defense next in our second segment. So stay tuned for that. But Hey, Ravens fans, this is Kevin Ostriker with an incredible app. Everyone who buys gas needs to know about get upside. 
My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the free Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN for NFL and get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill up. That's up to 50 cents cash back. Don't pay full price at the pump anymore. Get cash back using Get Upside. Just download the app for free and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to 50 cents a gallon back on your first tank. Some people do drive. A lot are making as much as two to $300 a month in cash back, and there's no catch. The cash back gets added right to your account. You can cash out anytime to your bank account, PayPal, or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get up to $0.50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank. That's code TOUCHDOWN for NFL. And we return here with our second segment of this Ravens Monday edition, Victory Monday edition of Locked on Ravens. Kevin Ostriker, your host, still hanging out with you here. And it's just such an exciting time to be to be covering this team as the Ravens pull off an impressive 36-35 victory over the Kansas City Chiefs. We just started talking about it in that first time with the offense. We're going to roll into the defense, which honestly – like this was a very up and down performance by the Ravens defense. They allowed the Chiefs to put up over 400 total yards, pulling up a couple of team stats. It was 405 to be exact total yards that they gave up to the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs averaged 8.3 yards per play compared to the Ravens 7.1. Patrick Mahomes finished this game 24 of 31 for 343 yards with three touchdowns and one interception. But look, honestly, when you talk about this defense and how they played against Kansas City, you have to talk about the end of the game because the Ravens defense was tasked once again with being in a high leverage, big play situation where they had to hold with a lead. They did it against Las Vegas in week one, or they had that situation against Las Vegas in week one where they did not perform well. They failed to hold that lead. The Raiders kick a game tying field goal, send the game to overtime. Now you're looking at the second segment or the second game where the Ravens end up having the same situation a little bit different because the Chiefs can actually win the game with a field goal instead of just tie it like the Raiders could. And it looked bleak for a little bit. The Chiefs drove down into Ravens territory, but rookie outside linebacker Adafi Owe, one of my game balls, of course, I mean, how could you not, was all over the field tonight, and especially in that game against the Kansas City Chiefs, came up and performed in the clutch that that I don't even know how to describe it. It was it was an insane play where he split between Orlando Brown and the Chiefs left guard. It was just an incredible play by him where he punches the ball out from Clyde Edwards Hilaire and he ends up getting the Ravens offense the ball back with the chance to run out the clock. And obviously, as we now know, the next morning and obviously during the game, the Ravens did that. And Alfe Owe really at the end of the day won this team the football game. Now I know it's not as simple as that, but Harrison Butker is one of the best kickers in the NFL. And he's someone who, when in the clutch, can really do some damage. So he honestly could have probably hit that field goal, especially if the Chiefs were able to muster off a couple more runs, work the clock down, and be able to get in a situation where they can win the game like that. But Owe, you know, just moving backwards, he punches that ball out from Edwards Hilaire. And, and I mean, the rest is history. The stadium erupts. The Ravens offense gets back on the field. Guys are celebrating. I mean, the whole the whole thing was just, it was magical. There are so many words to describe this game. Magical is definitely one I'll keep coming back to throughout this entire show. But Owe just looks disrupted. He looks not, I'm not going to say rejuvenated because it's not like his Penn State tape was bad or anything. But people look at the zero sack narrative from him and say, 
you know, he's never going to be an NFL player because how can you produce sacks at the NFL level if you can't do it in college? And it's, it's stuff like that where it's like, come on, really? You see the athletic ability from him. You see the way that he disrupts plays. And his tape is now translated over, except now he's getting the sacks. He got his first career NFL sack in the Las Vegas game in week one, and he's just stacking. He, he came out and I labeled him, and a lot of people did as well as a disruptor someone who can play the run very well, set the edge, you know, drop back into coverage, rush the passer, but he's very raw. He's still learning and he's still putting out performances like that. You know, people are calling for the defensive rookie of the year train. And and I said, defensive player of the year, you know, I've, I've seen enough, but for now, always contributing as a key X factor to this team. And he's someone who I think the Ravens are going to be relying on, you know, him and Justin Houston on the opposite sides of each other on that defense make for a pretty good one two punch, especially with how Adafi Owe has been playing. It might cause teams to shade some more attention Owe's way and free up some more one-on-ones, which guys will have to win for that team. But I know we can't ignore some of the negatives for this defense. It's obviously important to get into both sides here, not just go into one and not talk about the other. Ravens defense had some rough moments. They really struggled tackling Patrick Queen and Malik Harrison did not have their best games. You know, Queen, he he was okay, but also just really had a couple bad plays. Harrison, same thing, but these are young guys. Again, you know, it's not an excuse for their performance. They also made some nice plays. Patrick Queen was still flying around the field. Harrison had a couple as well, but those are two players who I highlighted. Queen more in particular is guys who needed to have big games for the Ravens to really have a clear shot to win it. And while they did win it, Queen and Harrison, I don't think, lived up to a lot of people's expectations in this one. Again, it wasn't a terrible, horrible, awful performance. They played better than they did in their last match with Kansas City in 2020, but it still left a little bit to be desired, in my opinion. The Ravens also struggled a bit tackling, as I mentioned, that Travis Kelsey run where he just, he was breaking everything. And it was actually Justin Ellis who sprinted down the field and tackled him in the end zone, but it was too late for that. The Ravens do have to get a bit better in the tackling department. You know, I tweeted about it. I said, Marcus Peters was such a big loss for this defense. And no, Marcus Peters, you know, not the best tackling cornerback, but his leadership, you know, getting guys in the position to make a play, you know, rallying guys. The Ravens have leaders on that defense, but Peters is one of them. Not having him on the field definitely has hurt how the Ravens play defense a bit. They're still trying to figure it out, but the tackling does really have to improve. I thought the run defense played well. You know, they did allow a couple big runs, but overall I thought that, They shut it down for the most part. But the thing that I want to point out here, and I'm going to pull up the stat, the Ravens overall, the defense, and this was a big thing I talked about last week after the Raiders game, the Ravens defense held the Chiefs to one of six on third down. That is such an improvement from their week one game against the Raiders. The Ravens themselves, just for, you know, fact-checking purposes, stat purposes, went six for 11. So those two, you know, the the night and day performance, the Raiders do phenomenally on third down in week one. The Ravens don't. Then in week two, you flip it and say, hey, the Ravens did great on third down. The Chiefs did not. So that was a key in this game. Obviously, the, the, the pressure not really there. The Ravens couldn't really muster a lot on Patrick Mahomes, whether they were blitzing, whether they were sending four. But the Ravens defense did make a couple scheme changes. It seemed like they were delaying blitzers to kind of, work with Mahomes' mobility and to have him, if he ever stepped up in that pocket, there was a guy there. I thought that was actually very smart of Don Martindale to do, but it wasn't like they were doing cover zero all the time, which I know a lot of people saw the Raiders week one game where they were blitzing and they were blitzing and they were blitzing. And there's, they said, you can't get away with that against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And you can't. So Don Martindale, you know, switched up his scheme a little bit, didn't blitz as much. And it really, I think, helped to have those extra guys back in coverage 
the Ravens did do the bend don't break thing a little. You know, you did see them kind of give up some of the short stuff and that short stuff sometimes turned into huge gainers, but it wasn't like the Ravens got beat deep on every single play, right? There were a couple deep shots that Mahomes completed. And look, that's just because Mahomes is an incredible player. You know, you can't, you cannot discount how good of a player Patrick Mahomes is and just what he is able to do on the football field. But overall, the Ravens defense definitely up and down, you know, allowing 35 points to Kansas City. You'll, you'll take what you can get, especially because just of how high octane this offense is. And this could be a potential matchup for January and just for how well this Ravens offense was able to hang with the Kansas City offense. You know, they were playing from behind for a bit. Obviously, the, the pick six wasn't an ideal place to start for the Ravens offense. And the Ravens defense really didn't see the field until it was 7-7 because the Ravens came back and really did a good job trying to keep themselves in the game. So overall for me, I thought the defense was so-so, but the most important part is it showed up when it counted. You know, Tavon Young comes up with a clutch interception. Pastor Mahomes' first ever interception in September. I mentioned it, the Ravens hand Pastor Mahomes his first ever loss in September. It's just stuff like that that makes it so magical because you look at how really, I don't even know how to describe it, just like Everybody picking against the Ravens, and I, I'm in this category. And again, I'm so glad they proved me wrong. But I was, I heard people saying 40 to 10 Chiefs or or 45 to 7 Chiefs, and I had always said no. This is a game that the Ravens can win, but with the injuries, guys are still figuring it out. So it'll be a matter of how quickly they can figure it out. And we saw the offensive line. We saw Adafi Owe come up and perform clutchly again. We saw Anthony Averett have a good game. I thought Averett played really well. You know, there there were some players. You know, this team was missing Deshaun Elliott, but Brandon Stevens had to step up. We saw Ardarius Washington on the field late in the game. So it's players like those. This Ravens team trusts their depth. They trust their guys. The defense struggled at times, but they came in the clutch when it mattered. And that's really all that matters. So I'm excited that the Ravens did get this win. They got it in the fashion. They did a big defensive play followed up by a big offensive play in a span of what, like 30 30 seconds or something. I can't remember the exact time frame, you know, game clock wise, you know, real time. It felt like this game was going so fast and so slow and so fast. It was, it was a whirlwind of emotions, but overall this Ravens team got the win when it mattered. You know, they came up in the clutch when it mattered. And this is a huge one. We'll talk about just what it means though in the final segment. So we'll head into our final break, but when we get back, we will be talking about what's next for this Ravens team as well as everything else relating to this Kansas City Chiefs victory that the Baltimore Ravens were able to pick up. So stay tuned for that. But does this sound familiar? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friend's login for the good stuff. Well, I want to tell you about a simple way to get all the entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and TV shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there's no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. And... Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. As you know, Built Bar has so many delicious flavors, including coconut, coconut almond, peanut butter brownie, and salted caramel. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. 
order today and get that raspberry or mint brownie or whatever you like. Go to built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you get 15% off of your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And we are back with our final segment of this Victory Monday edition of Locked on Ravens. Kevin Oshaker is still here with you talking about that incredible 36-35 win over the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night football. And one of the best parts about that game, just by the way, is this all happened in prime time. In prime time, this happened, which, I mean, you look at how the Ravens performed in week one in prime time. And you had people talking about this team isn't the same. This team can't overcome the injuries. This team doesn't have the talent anymore. But what happened? The Ravens absolutely still have the talent. Honestly, you know, the Ravens have a chance every time Lamar Jackson steps on the football field. Not every game is going to result in a win, but they absolutely do have a chance. And they got a big win. It's a big booster for their confidence. You know, I think going into the third week of the season, 0-2 would have been a little tough. Now, obviously, the season would have, wouldn't have been over, but it's a stretch of the imagination. I mean, you saw just how much this win meant to the Ravens and just how much this team wanted this, how, how they talked about it. They said the Chiefs are their kryptonite, the Chiefs this, the Chiefs that. And it's something that's been played up by the media a lot, too, in, in the, the Jackson versus Mahomes rivalry. Well, both players performed really, really well on Sunday night. And in fact, Ryan Mink of BaltimoreRavens.com of the Ravens tweeted out that both Mahomes and Jackson, their final stat lines, ended up being 346 yards and three touchdowns. Both of them. Both of them. Total yards, 346. Touchdowns, three for both players. That's incredible. You know, all these crazy little stats coming out from this game that really was just an incredible game in general. So what does this mean for the Ravens? Well, there are a couple things that it does mean. For one, they finally have that chip off of their shoulder, but honestly, is it ever going to go away? Lamar Jackson talked after the game and, you know, talked about how the talk will stop, but then it'll just come back again. And that'll just, <laughs> it'll just be what it is. So he's never going to let that affect him. He, re- he never really has, but it's just, it goes to show the player Jackson is. He believes in himself. He believes in his guys. It also means that the Ravens traveled to Detroit in week three to take on the Detroit Lions in a game that should be a win for them. Now, you cannot count out any opponent at the NFL level, and the Ravens have been caught before in trap game situations. It hasn't been as big of an issue in recent seasons, but it certainly has been present in previous years for the Ravens. So they have to be able to come out and just prepare for this Lions team, celebrate the win. Obviously, this is a big one. You know, last night's game was one that I think would go down in the Baltimore history books, not as the the best win in Ravens franchise history or anything, but it's a key turning point, you know, for a franchise that had lost three straight games to the Chiefs, for a franchise that had been hearing so much about what it meant for them, this, that, and the other. They didn't put that much stock into it. And honestly, I wouldn't have either. But it is real that, you know, every single game the Ravens played the Chiefs over these last three seasons, one, they seem to have struggled in a quarter or an end of game situation and they weren't able to pull out the win. And two, they had lost three times to a Patrick Mahomes led team and getting Mahomes in that Chiefs offense and, and I mean the defense too, but getting that Chiefs team in September where Mahomes previously had never lost the game in September had never thrown an interception in September and the Ravens hand him both his first loss in September and his first interception. I mean, I, I can't, I can't describe how proud of this team I am. I know the coaches are proud of the players. The players are proud of the coaches. The whole organization is proud of the whole organization. And that just proves, and it just goes to show 
how important teamwork is, how important camaraderie is, how important having a good culture is. Because obviously the play on the field matters, right? The offense stepped up, the defense stepped up at times, right? But the main point I'm trying to make is that this team really, with the injuries that happened to them, they could have easily thrown in the towel on this season. And with the injuries continuing to happen, with the Ronnie Stanley news and Jimmy Smith being inactive and then during the game, Deshaun Elliott going out with a concussion, Brandon Williams having a neck issue. And even before then, with the injuries, obviously, to Dobbins, to Edwards, to Peters, the Ravens could have just said, you know what, that that's a wrap. We're going to try again next year. But there's no way that a team led by John Harbaugh, a team led by Lamar Jackson, a team led by Eric DaCosta, and, and whoever else you want to throw in that category is going to let that type of thing happen. And that's exactly what we saw here, even when the Ravens lost to the Vegas Raiders in overtime. That was a pretty devastating loss, you know, that that show that week could have been a lot different than it actually was. The Ravens could have come out on top and it would have been a whole different feeling. This game against Kansas City could have been the same thing. So, you know, it's all it's a game of inches at the NFL level, a game of one single play determining the outcome of an entire football game of an, of an entire season. And we could look back on this Kansas City game in week 15, week 16 and say, you know what? That was the turning point. That was the way that the Ravens found themselves got their confidence back, and were able to go out there and perform well for the rest of the year. So it'll be interesting to see how this Ravens team does perform. After this game, again, Detroit is on the horizon. This is a team that has played two straight primetime games, so they have to rest up. The game against Detroit will be at 1 Eastern time, so it'll be a bit different, at least for me, to cover a 1 p.m. Eastern time game. I've like forgotten what it feels like, but for the Ravens, too. You know, playing under the bright lights of prime time, it's a different atmosphere. You know, all the all the lights are on you, all the eyes are on you. In week three against Detroit, away, you know, one o'clock game, the, the eyes might not be there. The pressure is, you know, the, if they walk into there a bit lackadaisical, it could be a rough game. Now, Detroit, they, they play tonight, so we'll see how they end up performing. But they have some talented playmakers. Jared Goff almost led that Lions team to a comeback in week one against the 49ers. They have TJ Hawkinson, who will be the Ravens' third straight Really nightmare tight end matchup. They had Darren Waldner in week one and also Travis Kelsey, obviously, in week two. So we'll see how this Ravens team performs, but there's no underestimating just how big of a win this was for the Ravens in Kansas City. A 36-35 to victory for the Ravens, and this is a game that people will be talking about in Baltimore for a long, long time. But that's all that I have for you here today on Locked on Ravens. When we get back here tomorrow, we'll be still talking about that Ravens in Kansas City game, obviously. And we'll be talking about it all here on Locked on Ravens for a long time as well. So stay tuned for that. And I will see you tomorrow.